morning, everyone, and welcome to Central. My name is Nick, and I work with the middle school students here. At Central, we exist to amplify wait, wait, the- Wait, 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 I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. And I'm Joel. what's up? Why are you wearing green? I didn't know there was a dress code. You can't wear green, you didn't read the email. No one no, told you didn't me. read the no email. One read the email. My name is Nick, and I work with the middle school students here. This is my friend, Joel. Hey, guys. Dude, you saw what I was wearing. What? I can't wear green? I can't wear denim vests? You I saw what I was wearing. I know, it's the same but please. It's the last time we hire anyone from Tampa. <clears throat> Here at Central, we exist to amplify the hope and life of Jesus, and we do that by being with God, with God, with God, in community, on missions, and, and on Craig. and on mission. He's still hired. Why? Why is he working here? It's wow. It's the mission statement. Can you believe it's already Christmas? Feliz Navidad. Are you kidding me? Feliz Navidad. Kind of close. Did you get the first part right? No. Feliz Navidad. No. Not even close. I had, I had the. This, the twang. What is the twang? We're not in Tennessee. <laughs> this is in Nashville. Feliz Navidad. That's horrible. Feliz Navidad. I'm offended. Feliz Navidad. No. Feliz Navidad. Not even close. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. En serio. Son dos palabras. Feliz Navidad. Feliz. Yo no puedo. Yo no. Justin, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm sorry, dude. All right, but really, Christmas Eve is coming around the corner, and we will have two services for you guys. We'll have a 9 and a 10.45. And a 5 p.m. So I remembered. You guys thought I wasn't going to remember, and I remembered. No one five, told me that. It's 5 p.m. Why didn't you? 5 p.m. 5 p.m. 9, 10.45, and 5 p.m. On Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve. And also, uh, 5 o'clock will be just a different service. There'll be a lot of Christmas carols. I mean... There'll be a lot. A lot of them. There'll be sweet mm. children singing. Uh, and it's more of a family environment, as church should always be. It always is. I don't... But it's accelerated it's on accelerated. Christmas Eve. It's accelerated. A lot more family friends. A lot. A yeah. lot. Yeah, there mm. is a lot. Like, awkward. No, it shouldn't be awkward. It's not. I promise. Just come. Please. Please. Just come. Just come, please. Feliz Navidad! Feliz Navidad! Yes! If I sing it, I can do it. Feliz Navidad! You did it! You did it! I'm proud of you. I'm proud of this guy. Finally. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. That's enough. Different ways. He's gonna have so much fun. Merry Christmas! <laughs> Merry Christmas! Merry. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> You guys want anything else while we're here? Yeah, this. <laughs> Justin's it, like. It's an it's a, an, an abomination, yeah. but I guess that's what we're going for. No. Let heaven and nature let them see. Christmas
perfect Hallmark card holiday. But tonight, we just want you to sit back, relax, receive, see what God has for you tonight, and welcome to the imperfect Christmas. For me, Christmas has always been about reaching. As a child, I would reach high for presents stacked in my parents' closet, but I was always just a little too small and I could never reach it. And growing up, there were some years where gifts were just too expensive. So we would reach deep into our pockets, hoping we could afford it. And as time continued, reaching just became expected. We lost loved ones, lost pieces of our family, and we were desperate for one holiday the way it was supposed to be. But still, every Christmas has been just another thing far out of reach, never being tall enough rich enough or strong enough Christmas has always been about reaching but I've learned of this other thing a gift that exists that I want to reach more than anything there is this love see that is deeper than the hurts that have happened to us. A love that is greater than the dreams that we've dreamt for us. A love that persists and stays with us. A love that could redeem who we've been. Piece together our hearts and give a second chance to us. And when this new gift seemed just like everything else, wrapped up, placed high, and just too far for me, God said, I'm bringing love down so you can reach and he let his overwhelming never quitting kind of love come down so that it was available for even the weakest of us to receive love in the form of God's son a child who looked just like us so that he would grow up heal lives die for us rise from the grave and demonstrate what real love was to us so that new life was within our reach so that real hope was within our reach so that a second chance that could restore broken homes broken families broken hearts was within our reach there is nothing we can do to be worthy enough for what's already come down to be given for free finally Christmas all this and every day of my life is no longer about reaching now it's just about receiving holding and enjoying a love that has come down to be found within my reach he has
stand up together and sing some songs? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive the King. Let every heart prepare in room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing.
You may be seated. Well, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us for this, the imperfect Christmas experience. I don't know about you, but around Christmas time, my family, my mailbox always gets an influx of Christmas catalogs. And uh, when I look at those Christmas catalogs, there's, al- there's always a picture of a perfect family hauling a perfect Christmas tree through a perfect snow-capped meadow. Has anybody ever, ever seen this? We have all these images of what Christmas is supposed to look like. And all this pressure that if we all line up the gifts and the decorations and the invitations and the cards and the photos just so, we could have a perfect Christmas. But I don't know about you, I have found that no matter how hard I try, something always unravels and makes my Christmas less than perfect. Sometimes that's on me and not on anybody else. I'll never forget one very memorable imperfect Christmas. I was late elementary school, maybe eight or nine years old, and I remember bounding down the stairs on Christmas morning and I just beholding the wonder of a great tree just stocked with gifts. Couldn't wait to open them, but our, our family tradition was is that before we opened a single gift, we had to go into the kitchen and sit down for breakfast. We would eat mom's famous Christmas coffee cake, and dad would read the Christmas story from the book of Luke. Now, I don't know about you, but when you are eight years old and you have to sit through two chapters of Scripture when all of your gifts are 12 feet away, that's infuriating, even if you do love Jesus. When breakfast was over, we all got to go in. The the first thing that we did is we took down our stockings, and then we would get to open up one small gift that fit inside of our stocking, and then we could eat whatever was in there. Usually there was a tangerine, and then there was an assortment of chocolate. That year, there were Hershey's Whoppers malted chocolate balls and everybody's stockings, and I, I was ecstatic. Remember how they used to make them in the smaller cardboard containers that looked like milk cartons? This is dangerous when you're a child because you can just pop that sucker open and drink it. And so I did. And I noticed that mine were gone, and I wanted more. So while everybody else was opening their stocking gifts, I just kind of worked around the perimeter of the room and snagged everybody else's. Now, here's the problem. I have five brothers and sisters. Do you know that it's possible to have too much of a good thing? About four boxes into that, I realized that I had made a terrible decision. And I spent probably the next 45 minutes of what was supposed to be an awesome Christmas huddled over the family toilet. And I, I, was, I was embarrassed, I was disappointed, I was frustrated because a, a set of choices that I had made were derailing what was supposed to be a good and a beautiful and a pure experience. And maybe you know what that's like. So maybe that didn't happen when you were 8, maybe it happened when you were 18, maybe it happened when you were 28, maybe for some of us it's happening for us right now. We've got in our mind this picture of what life is supposed to look like, but for whatever reason, circumstances, people, maybe even our own impulses aren't cooperating with us. And while we're supposed to be experiencing the glow of community and the warmth of Christmas, maybe we're huddled over in a corner trying to sift through the ashes of our bad decisions. But the good news of Christmas is is this, is that even when we are hiding in the shadows of our shame, God comes Knocking. I feel you so close to me. I feel you right next door to me. 
I hear you approaching my steps, walking towards me, knocking upon this entrance for me. Clearly, you're caressing the doorknob, asking, open up your door, please. I hear you on the other side of this pillar framing the outline to my haven of safety. I hear you breathing on the other side of this wall, whispering, please let me in. And I wish that I could let him, but there are walls standing between him. The mere fact that there's a door to knock on proves that I've already locked him out with walls made of planks of doubt, fear that I'm not worthy. God, I know you say you want to come in, but have you really seen me? My insides are dirty. My heart is sickly. My house is filthy. Still, I can hear him knocking and he's knocking on these walls made up of sinful structures for there have been deeds by other men who have hurt me first and convinced me that a life of sin, a life of sadness, a life of insecurity was all that I deserved. So I've lived my life trying to live up to all these lies that I've heard, putting up walls to block out God so I can sit here in my sin, trying to figure out how to self-heal my hurts. But still, I can hear him knocking, and he's knocking on these walls made up of guilt and shame. I know I am to blame for how my life has turned out. I am not the little girl my parents raised to be holy and wholesome and set apart, and I don't want God to see me this way. I don't want him to see me as I'm straddling the lines of purity with my boyfriend. I don't want him to see me as I'm hungover from the alcohol I've used to quench my depression. I don't want him to see me as I'm hooking up with strangers just because I can't be patient. I don't want him to see me as I'm starving myself, trying to look like the world idea of perfection, but still I can hear him knocking, but I stay locked in, putting up as many walls as I can to protect myself from getting hurt again, from allowing heartbreak to come in again, to hide myself away so that God can't see who I really am. And I know I'm in a box. I know these walls are enclosed, but really I'm getting used to this roof. And really this place has become home. Within these walls, within these fears, I am comfortable. But this home is a prison. These walls are more like bars holding in a freed man who's chosen to be captive by choosing the sin that slowly seeped into our heads, our hearts, our hands. And with them, we've built this separation. I've built this separation between God and me, but still I can hear him knocking. So I'm starting to wonder what it would be like to be set free. I'm getting claustrophobic with all this condemnation cluttering me. I'm getting asthmatic with all of this sin that's suffocating me. And my ears are almost growing deaf with how loud I can hear God knocking for me, screaming toward me. I hear him clearly. You don't have to put up walls for safety. I am your protection. I am your satisfaction, your joy, your wholeness. There is healing. There's forgiveness. There is redemption. There is restoration. There is salvation from 
from your sinfulness. Open up these walls you've used to hide from me. And instead, open up the door for me. And I don't know if your walls or if your fears or if your prisons look anything like me. But no matter why you might be hiding, if you listen carefully, you too can still hear him knocking, knocking, knocking.
Please join me as I pray for us. Father God, we thank you for this precious reminder of the mission of Christmas. That we would be reminded that you are not a faraway God, a distant, unattached, unobservant God. You're the God who comes near to us. The God who not only wants to be with us, but wants us to be aware that you are with us. And Lord, some of us are already aware of that thought. It brings us with joy. For others of us, it's unsettling. We've never stopped to consider that the creator of the universe sits next to us, speaking words of hope and life and healing and restoration. So God, today I pray that you would remove any barrier seen or unseen, physical, spiritual, or emotional, that would prevent us from being aware that you are with us here now, that you long to speak to us at the very core of our being so that we might be changed. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as this is one of our regular weekend service offerings here at Central, we're going to pause to receive our offering. And if you're new or visiting, we don't want you to feel any pressure to participate in this moment, but this is a chance for those of us who call Central our home and Christ our King to give back to God out of the many gifts that he has given to us.
than a cluster of letters collected together to sound pleasing to the ear. Names are a part of every culture. They're symbols, keys, as it were, to the essence and the nature of the one being named. They define things. And in the scriptures, names even contain God's power. Now, with that background in mind, consider the Christmas story as told in Matthew chapter 1. In that story, an angel appeared to Joseph and told him to name the child that Mary would bear Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. Matthew 1 verse 21. Jesus means salvation, God's salvation. God is salvation. And so from this angelic explanation, we understand that the name revealed the purpose, the authority, the power, and the responsibility of that child. But there's more to it than that. Not only did the name reveal the essence and the significance of the child, but that name also granted access to the very features of salvation that that name contained. In other words, this baby in a manger truly did have the power, the authority, and the responsibility to save his people. And that basically meant that everyone who would put their trust in him would be granted access to the features of salvation that are found in him and come through him. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that this infant grew in grace and truth. And as he lived out his life, those people that needed comfort, healing, and hope received it when they needed it most. And so some people called him the light of the world because his life illuminated their troubled mind and their weary soul. Others called him the bread of life because his life nourished them in body, soul, and spirit. Six times we're told in the Gospel of Luke, they called him master because his life demonstrated authority even over the natural realm that defied logic. And then at the end of his life, and because of the end of his life, they even called him the Lamb of God because his death on the cross and his burial in a tomb and his resurrection from the grave offered even hope over the ultimate enemy of death itself. All of this and so much more is contained in the wonderful name of Jesus. And so people looked at him and people realized that they needed to put their faith in him. And as they did that, they were given a new name. They were called children of God. And as children of God, they received the very access, the very features of salvation that God promised would come through him. And to all who have received him, we call him Lord because his life demonstrates an authority over all the things that can be said us. And so even for me as a child of God, when unwelcome circumstances come my way, I know and I can rest assured that he will rescue me because of his name, not mine. Because Jesus 
overcame death, I know that I can overcome despair. Because Jesus left a grave behind, I know I can leave behind all things, even fear, a fear of death. Because Jesus left both the manger and the grave behind, I know I can run headlong into the future, knowing that there is nothing that can stop me from obtaining what God has for me. And what is true for me is true for everyone who puts their faith in Him. I don't know what you came in here with today, but I do know this. The name of Jesus is not only a beautiful name. The name of Jesus is a powerful name. He is the authority to rescue us, to restore us, to redeem us, to transform us, to free us. And he can do all of that because death could not hold him. And if you believe that to be true, I encourage you to stand to your feet and declare the promise of this song. Death cannot hold Jesus. Death could not hold you. The veil's torn before you. You silence the bones of sin and grave. The heavens are rolling. The praise of your glory. For you are raised to life again. You have. 
You may be seated tonight. of time in the Bible telling us who we are. It's almost as if he knew that we would doubt who that was from time to time. It's as if he saw it coming, that we'd spend our whole lives searching for what our identity, what our name was, and that there'd be many moments in our lives where we'd let different kinds of names define us. When we've looked in the mirror, compared ourselves to pictures, and heard the name ugly. When we've been left by loved ones, people we trusted once, and heard the name unworthy. When we've been drowning in discouragement, living in a seemingly never-ending crisis, and heard the name forgotten. When we've had our hopes up and our hearts open, only to be brought down by closed doors, and we've heard rejected. When we've looked for infinite, affirming love through lesser physical, fleshly versions. When we gave it away or when it was stolen and we heard impure, we heard garbage. When we go to other vices to ease our pain and we hear addict, we hear forever broken. When we feel like we're living in the shadow of someone else's calling and we hear second place. When our pain cripples us to a point where we don't even know how to let others in and we hear lonely when our past seems too gross for others to forgive and we hear disgusting, it's overwhelming. These voices we're constantly hearing, it's suffocating. This air of constant critique and comparing and it's sort of amazing. The people whose voices I've allowed to name me. The power I've given to my past, to my mirror, and to my surroundings, and enabled them to identify me. The amount of years I've spent living up to whatever others say over me. But God says something else about me. 
It's like he knew there would be other voices. So he wrote his voice down in a timeless book of truths that would remind us over and over again in the moments when lies would block his truths and somehow make us forget. So I'm going back to the source, not the people I've allowed to represent God to me, but the actual, literal, tangible words that he has written down for me. And there's some other names he's given to me. John 15, 15, he calls me friend. 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, he calls me chosen. Ephesians 2, 10, he calls me his workmanship. He calls me his art. He calls me handmade. He calls me purposed and fashioned for good things. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, he calls my body a temple. He calls it the residence of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, he calls me his messenger to the world. Galatians 3.26, he calls me his child. Romans 5.8, he calls me greatly loved. John 8.36, he calls me free, free indeed. 2 Corinthians 5.17, he calls me brand new. And it's amazing how different these names are from the names I'm used to listening to. And in my journey to discover who I really am in my battle to uncover the truth of myself. I've learned something new about my name, and now this is what I am certain of. My name is not the name the world calls me. My name is not the name my past calls me. My name is not even the name my own mirror calls me, but my name, my name is the name I answer to. And I can choose today from this moment forward to answer to a new name. When I hear lonely, that's not me. When I hear disgusting, that's not me. When I hear unworthy, I don't even look over my shoulder. When I hear broken, they must have confused me. Please look elsewhere. When I hear ugly, abandoned, useless, forgotten, I figure someone just has to remind them. Maybe those were my old names, but they're no longer the names that I respond to. My name is the name I've chosen to spend my days living up to. And if these other voices are not saying the same thing that the truth is, I look in my mirror and I repeat this. They have no right to be speaking to you. When you stop answering to your old names, they stop having power over you. The names that my father, eternity's author, the world's creator has called me are the only names that I answer to when I hear friend of God, that's my name. God's workmanship, that's my name. Loved, wanted, created with a purpose, that's my name. God's messenger, that's my name. God's temple, that's my name. Free, that's my name. Child of God, you must be looking for me. Greatly loved, you must be calling for me. Brand new, that is my name. That is the name that I'll respond to. The enemy has no power here. Perfect love cast out fear and perfect love has named me and you. So what is your new name? 
what is stirring up inside of you when you hear these words that his word, that the word has proclaimed? What do you know is the name God is calling you? Maybe it's not the name you grew up with. Maybe it's not the name your old friends associate you with. Maybe it's not the name that your whole life you were used to identifying with, but it's the name you now answer to. So when the enemy tries to get to you, it's the name you introduce yourself with. As for me, my name is forgiven. My name is free. My name is brand new, loved, wanted, child of God, created with a purpose. And it's been a pleasure to meet you. together. Sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. We sing it out. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I love that line so much. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Because I can tell you from one imperfect person at this imperfect Christmas experience, child of God has been by far the hardest name for me to answer to. It's taken me some time to figure out what that even means. My name is Hosanna, and I am so grateful to be with all of you here today celebrating Christmas. For me, most of my life has been about reaching, feeling like I'm just short of what I really want, feeling like I'm almost enough but just shy of the person I really want to be, feeling like I'm barely just making it. For me, a lot of my life has been about building walls to block out God and to block out people around me and maybe perhaps block out the person I once thought I could be. Maybe I've given up on her a little bit too. And for me, a lot of my life has been answering to a lot of the wrong names. I've answered to garbage. I've answered to second place. I've answered to fatherless. I've answered to leftovers. I've answered to broken. And for me, I have wasted enough time answering to my old insecurities, answering to things that people said about me and answering to things I did a long time ago for far too long. And if you are anything at all like me, there is some good news for us. If you are also a reacher, God is a giver. He loves giving. He made the most amazing life and the most amazing love accessible for us, like a father does for his child, giving us things that are within our reach because we're a little smaller. If you are also a wall builder, there is good news for us. God loves knocking on the door of our hearts. Even when we've opened up the door once before but have since closed him out again, God loves chasing us. He loves knocking on the door of our hearts and he loves forgiving us again and again and again. There is nothing he would rather do than chase us, knock on our door and forgive us again this morning because he just loves us. We're his favorite thing to wake up to. We're his main job and all of his hobbies. There is nothing he'd rather do than knock on your door hoping you're gonna unlock it again. And earlier, Pastor Craig talked about the name of Jesus. Now let's talk about some of our names. If you're anything like me, then you've been answering to some old names too. I don't know what they said about you. I don't know what lies were spoken over you when you were a kid. And I don't know what identity the enemy is convincing you you are this moment. But there is good news for us. Christmas, yes, is about a God who gives. Christmas, yes, is about a God who keeps knocking. 
But Christmas is also this. God sent Jesus as a declaration of war over all of the lies in our lives. He gave us a gift. He's knocking on the door, but he is also here to say, I declare war over how they treated you when you were in school. I declare war over what those people did to you behind closed doors. I declare war over the lie that your life is just fine in autopilot, complacent, and not getting better, but not getting worse. I declare war over the life you are settling for. John 10.10 says he came to give us a life that was abundant, more than we need, super excessive, above and beyond what is necessary So he brought Jesus to declare war on anything that was less than that life abundant. And the best news is that for us to access this amazing life, all we have to do is receive it. All we have to do is unlock that door. And all we have to do is let God fight for us again and again and again and let him fight the battle for us. So I am going to give each one of us an opportunity this morning to answer to a new name. Because I think there are some of us who have once answered to a new name, but maybe someone robbed it from us. Maybe we have forgotten it. And maybe some of us need to reclaim some of our identities. Maybe some of us need to come back to that name we once let go of. Maybe some of us need to get our confidence, our purpose, and our identity back. And I think some of us have answered to a couple of these new names, but maybe there's some we don't think we're worthy of yet. We know that we are chosen, but we don't know that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we know that we are God's friend, but we don't know that we are brand new. And you know what? Just the act of answering to a new name is what God is asking of us. It's sort of like when I got married and I took my husband's last name, I didn't sign my signature perfectly well for the first or second or third year because I wasn't used to that new name. It takes you a while to get used to a name that you have not answered to your whole life. And that's okay. What mattered was the decision I made when I walked down that aisle. What mattered was the decision I made to be a part of a new family. What mattered was that every day I was working on my cursive to be a little bit better. And that's what God wants of us, to choose to answer to a new name, even if our cursive is a little sloppy. So before we sing this last song, I am going to say these nine names from the word of God again. And I'm going to ask you from one imperfect person to another that you would honestly think about the new name you want to answer to. And when I say the new name, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and answer to it. And as you stand to your feet, I'm going to ask you to keep standing as I call out all of the other names until we're standing together. And if you need to answer to a few names, that's cool. You just stay standing, raising your hand, because I want you to receive all that God has for you, more than you need, abundant life, over-the-top, excessive, today, today, this morning. I want that for you today. So if you need an answer to John 15, 15, he calls you friend. You know who you are. 
I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. This is what it means to be God's friend. When you have a friend, that person is your homie. Ride or die through thick and thin. You call them when you're happy, when you're sad. You are no longer lonely because you are God's friend. Nice to meet you, friend. Nice to meet you, friend. Who here needs to answer to 1 Thessalonians 1.4? He calls you chosen. He calls you chosen. Nice to meet you, chosen. In the back, nice to meet you, chosen. This is what it means when you're chosen. It means you are not here because someone died or because someone was fired or because someone made a mistake. You are chosen the way you are, where you are, because the word of God says so. Ephesians 2.10, he calls you his workmanship. He calls you his own piece of art. Who here needs to answer to workmanship? Nice to meet you, workmanship. Nice to meet you, workmanship. This is what it means when we are God's workmanship. Is anyone in here an artist? Raise your hand if you're an artist. Raise your hand if you're an artist. You, my friend, and all of you over here, and everyone on this stage, we are picky people. Artists are picky people. To pick a certain song, they chose it in a certain note. For a writer to tell a certain poem, they, they chose a certain story. And for a painter to paint a certain portrait, they picked a certain canvas and a certain brush. So much more is God's intentionality with us. He picked a certain key, a certain note, a certain poem, a certain story, a certain canvas, a certain brush. He's in the details. So don't you dare talk down about what God handmade. You are his workmanship and you were made to be that way. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. he calls your body a temple. He calls your body a temple, the house that the Holy Spirit is living in. Who here needs to answer to temple? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and reclaim what your body is. I don't know who touched you. I don't know what they said about you behind closed doors. But we should be looking in the mirror every morning and saying, man, I already look good today. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, so I already look good. No matter what they say, no matter what they like, no matter what they dislike or approve of, I already look good because of something more amazing that lives inside. Acts 1-8, he calls you his messenger to the world. Who here needs to answer to messenger? You are God's messenger to the world. And this is what I mean when I say messenger. We're plan A to reach a world that is lost without Jesus. We are the plan to tell people of the new name that they can have too. And I know there are people in this room who have a story of something that God has done in their lives and you haven't shared it. You're hoarding it inside of you. I don't know if someone told you that was humble, but that's weird. It is prideful to think that story is yours to hide and selfish to keep the amazing story of Jesus inside of you. So you better be sharing that message like you are the messenger of God. Acts 1-8, nice to meet you, messenger. Romans 5, 8, he calls you greatly loved. If you need to answer to greatly loved, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stay standing if you're already standing. Romans 5, 8, greatly loved. Nice to meet you, greatly loved. Nice to meet you, greatly loved. Not the kind of love they taught us growing up. Not the kind of love she told you. Not the kind of love he touched you with. But the kind of love that is there even when we don't love it back. Super amazing, over-the-top, life-abundant love, no less. Nice to meet you, greatly loved. John 8, 36, he calls you free. 
free indeed. Who here needs to answer to free? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Nice to meet you, free. That whole section of free right there on the side. Nice to meet you, free in the back. We don't have to go to those vices to wake up in the morning. We don't have to live in a victim mentality for people to like us. We don't need to be chained to our own self-pity, to our own addictions, and to our own prides any longer because the word of God says that we are free. Free indeed. Nice to meet you free in the back that just stood. I see you. 2 Corinthians 5.17, he calls you brand new. Brand new. That means that we don't have to be the name we used to be. That means that we are not in a prison of our old selves. That means that we can introduce ourselves to people saying, oh, you must have confused me. I am brand new. And then finally, this has been the hardest name for me to answer to child of God, which is unfortunate because it is the name where all the other names stem from. If we can't grasp that we are God's child, then how do we understand how free and accessible and fun and available all the other names are? But for most of my childhood, it felt like a rush to grow up. It felt like I had to be mature too young, like I had to be strong too young, and I was always working hard to be enough, always reaching far enough to be enough, always locking myself into walls so I could just sit here and pretend like I think I'm enough. And I have spent a lot of my life not realizing that being a child is about enjoying, enjoying God receiving God. This is supposed to be fun. No one told me that this was supposed to be fun, that I should be doing things because I like to, that I should be hanging out with God because he's enjoyable, and that I can be resting and free and know that even when I make a mistake, he is still accessible because I'm his kid, child of God. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet if you need to reclaim your childhood and reclaim that you are a child of God. Who here needs to answer to? Child of God. Now we're about to sing this last song over you to remind you of all your new names. But before we do, I'm going to ask all of us to stand. All of us to stand because this is an important moment for some of us in this room. And I want to make sure that you feel supported. So let's all stand. I want to speak to two other specific groups in this room. We're not leaving until we do. I want to speak to one group that has never received the gift of Jesus. Maybe you didn't know how accessible and enjoyable and free and available it was. Or maybe you were scared that you weren't enough. I want to speak to you. I want you to know that all you have to do is receive it. I promise you that all you have to do is unlock the door. And I want to give you the opportunity to choose for God to fight that battle that you're fighting right now. John 1.12 says, to all who received him and believed in his name, he gave them the right to be children of God. That's all we have to do. And then I want to speak to another group. A group of us who have maybe answered to child of God before. We've given Jesus our lives before. We have made the decision to have this abundant life with God before. But it's been a long time. 
And some things have happened since that time. We've changed our minds about ourselves. We've changed our minds about God. Or maybe someone convinced us that God was something else. But we know who we are. If you need to reclaim this relationship with God, if you need to come back and receive this gift, if you need to unlock the door because of all the new walls you built, if you need to answer a child of God again because you have drifted away and now you want to get your confidence back, your identity back, and reclaim this relationship again, man, the good news is that we can keep coming back again and again and again. He won't stop fighting for us. He likes fighting for us. So for those two groups, we have something more for you. For all of us standing with our new names, we all get something new, our new names. But for those of us in those two groups, we have something more. We have this red ornament, just like the video that we watched of the little girl that couldn't reach the ornament because it was too tall and she was too small. I love that visual because it shows us what it's like to be a child and for this gift to be accessible to us. And so while we sing this song over you, I'm going to ask the rest of the room to stay standing because not only did God come and send down Jesus to declare war, but we're the army helping each other fight each other's battles. So we're going to stay standing. And if you want to come receive this gift, if you're in those last two categories, I'm going to ask you to come to the front and receive this red ornament that says, Child of God. There's a bunch of them all along the stage. And as we sing this song, come down. Come take a step. Come receive this gift. And come get this gift that says, Child of God. It's not what saves you, but we want to give you this symbol. We want you to take this home. So stay standing. And for those of you who want to take a step out and reclaim your relationship with Jesus again or for the first time, I invite you to come now. Come now while they sing this song over us. I invite you to come. There's ornaments all along the stage right here. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Come get your free gift. Nice to meet you. Come get your free gift. This red ornament that says, child of God. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. We don't have to settle any longer for the lives we've been settling for. We can declare this new name in the name of Jesus. Nice to meet you. 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 Come receive this gift. It's free, it's available, it's amazing. You'll never be the same. You can be a child again. You can be free for the very first time or again. We're going to keep this stage open as they continue to sing this song over us. The rest of us will keep standing with you. We're the army fighting for you. And I invite you to continue to come to the front and grab this free gift.
Let's continue to stand as they sing these words of truth over us in the name of Jesus. You know, you guys can just stay standing just for a few more minutes because people are still coming. And even while I'm talking, you can come. If you need time, you, even in the balcony, you can just make your way down. Just go ahead. Even while I'm talking, it's totally fine. What an amazing evidence of God's presence here in this place today. So thankful for what Jesus has done. And those of you that have received these ornaments, it's a symbol. It's a symbol of putting your faith and trust in Jesus. And now, now you own the name. You have the name Child of God. And that's an awesome thing. And I want to talk to those of you that have taken ornaments, have stepped out and had the bravery and the honesty to come out and say, listen, I just want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to be called a child of God. First of all, I commend you. It's the most important decision you will ever make in your life. The most important thing that we could ever do in this life is what we do with Jesus. 
Are we gonna put our faith in him? Are we gonna trust him? Are we gonna trust his sacrifice and his victory over death? I wanna talk to you just for a few minutes. Those of you that have taken ornaments, in just a minute, the choir is gonna sing the song and we're gonna exit this place and go into the lobby. And out in the lobby, you're gonna notice tables set up. By the tables, there's banners that say, child of God with a picture of the ornament that you have in your hand. We don't want you to leave this place without us being, being able to pray with you, without us being able to listen to you, hear from you. So I just really wanna encourage those of you that have an ornament today to go to those tables. We actually have some, some additional gifts to give you. So if you've taken an ornament or maybe you didn't come forward, but you're thinking even now in your heart, you're saying, I wanna put my faith and my trust in Jesus. We want, I wanna just encourage you to go to those tables and you're gonna meet some friendly people there that are gonna pray with you and share with you some next steps. Awesome, can we just thank God for what he's doing in this place? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. We're gonna celebrate with one more song today. We're gonna celebrate with one more song as the choir and the orchestra lead us in this celebration of what God has done.